0: It's our 15th anniversary, or we're celebrating it today, and so we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But I thought I would talk just for a moment about the state of the world and all those sorts of things and kind of where we are as a church and what we're going to do path forward. Um, It's been one of the oddest weeks I've ever experienced. It reminds me a little bit of when 9-11 happened, and some of you all aren't even old enough to remember that. But when 9-11 happened, I believe that was in the middle of the week, and we had Sunday that was coming up. And um, it, was, it was an interesting Sunday because everybody went to church. With um, this particular virus and this event that's happening uh, around the world, um, people are staying away from church, but they're live streaming and that sort of thing. And so it's a little bit odd, but uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of encouragement today. And, and I, I was thinking about it, I've been thinking about it all week. Hey, what am I going to say at the intro Uh, on Sunday. I already had that all planned because it was 15th anniversary I knew I was going to do and then all of these things went down. Um, For me it really hit home when they canceled the NCAA tournament. It's like okay this is serious now it's really going to be bad and so um, then other things get canceled and it's just kind of it seems like it's been spinning a little bit out of control and I I was reminded uh, we uh, my bedroom. Our bedroom is upstairs and so this last week was the first week we've been able to raise our windows at night because it's not so cold that you can do that. We always like doing that because when you wake up in the morning you hear the birds outside. And You know we're on the second floor and there are trees right outside our window and these birds are just, it's a great way to wake up honestly is to the sound of birds. And I was drawn to a, a text that's found in Luke chapter 12 and it's Jesus talking to his disciples, people like you and me. And he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. Life is more than food, the body more than clothes. And then he says, Consider the ravens, and sorry, kind of like, okay, consider the birds. They do not sow or reap, they have no store, uh, storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, could add a single day or sing an hour, he says, to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? We should take precautions, and part of what we do as followers of Christ is we take care to be good citizens, and so we want to do that. Um, going path forward, I'm glad we're here today. Uh, if uh, we're advised that perhaps we don't need to meet, then we'll, we'll consider all that, and we'll take into all, uh, in consideration all these things. And we'll, as a staff, we'll make a decision, and the elders will help us with this. And so just so you know, if we happen to go online for a week or two, we can do that. We have the capability, and so you'll just want to look at our website, Uh Chris Roberts, who leads worship here, uh, has already talked to me about all these things, and so uh, we'll have a fireside chat at my house or something. I've got a smoking jacket I've been wanting to wear, and so it'll be great. It'll be super awesome. Have a little pipe. I mean, it'll be great. You'll, you know, it'll be awesome. But we can do some things if, that's, if we feel like that's something that we need to do. Um, But we do want to be really great citizens and I wanted to remind you or maybe tell you because some of this history is kind of lost. I want you to realize that Christians have never lived in fear. Uh, This isn't the first pandemic that's ever happened. In fact, the black plague that happened in in, uh, England wiped out a third of the population between England and India. A third of the population. Uh, That's millions of people died in about a three-year span. And what was amazing about that time in the history of the world is that Christians were the ones who treated the people who were sick. Because our hope isn't in our health. It's, it's just not. Listen, 100% of the people in this room and 100% of the people out there will eventually, their bodies will eventually break down. It is inevitable for all of us. Uh, there's, the mortality rate in the world is 100%. So if our hope is only in our bodies, as strong as they may be right now, eventually they'll break down. And and if our hope is in our finances, man, my word, this week has been crazy. If you're invested in the stock market, uh, I used to wonder what I was going to do when I retire. Now I don't have to wonder anymore. I'll never get to retire. So, uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of been, it's, it's kind of been crazy. And so if our hope is in money, we're lost because it can so easily be taken away from us. I mean... For the stock market to go down, you know, eight thousand points or five thousand, whatever. How many points? It, I don't even know what a point is, but whatever, However much it was, people have lost lots of money this week. Our hope isn't in our money. It's not in our body. Our hope is in Christ, and I think that's why He said, "Are you not worth more than many birds?" Your heavenly Father knows. None of this surprised God. None of it. We didn't maybe see it coming. The Lord. He, he knows all things. He knows our future. He knows it all. And so today we're going to celebrate our church, 15th anniversary. I'm going to have a conversation with our founding pastor. The interesting thing is, uh, and Cliff and I've talked about this, he's been gone about five years now. Uh, I'm starting my fifth year, so four years or so. And um, the longer you're not the pastor, uh, after somebody else becomes the pastor, the less people know you. And so I'm going to introduce you to Cliff, and and you're going to see his heart and why we got started as a church and what we do as a church. But I wanted to make sure you understood. Panic really isn't the response of Christians to to, to tragedy or um, uncertainty. It really shouldn't be who we are. And I'll just repeat the words of Jesus: Why do you worry about these things? Uh, we we have a God who is in control. Part of our issue today, I think, is there's so many voices out there. And it's like, who do I believe? So my prayer for us is that we would hear the truth and the truth would set us free. And so we're going to talk about our church. Now, uh, we have a unique name, Freedom Fellowship. There are a few Freedom Fellowships in the world. But there are churches that have some interesting names. And I thought I'd kind of begin with that. And then I'm going to ask Cliff to come up. Um, I I have a a friend who's... uh, who serves in a church called uh, Living Life Church, Living Life Church. Like, what are, the, what, is, what, is, what are the other options? Living Death Church for zombies? I mean, I really all kind of wonder, where did you come up with that name? Um, uh, Dying Life Church, is that mean the DMV? I mean, you know, kind of, uh, what, what is that about? And then there's one called um, The Refuge, The Refuge. I always wonder, is that, you know, you meet Jesus there or wildebeest. That's kind of my wonder on that. Burning Hearts Church—they give you Prilosec when you come in, so that's uh, that's good. Um, Journey Church, uh, their theme song is "Don't Stop Believing," and Stephen Perry is their pastor, so that's really that's a great church to attend. Potential Church reminds me of that Geico commercial with Pinocchio, where he says, "You got potential, and you got it's like it's kind of what I think when I saw that one." By the way, you all do have potential, so I want you to know you really do have potential. It's all good. But we came up with the name Freedom Fellowship, and so I'm going to invite Cliff to come up, and we're going to chat a little bit. Um, We did this first service, and we really uh, hadn't planned any of this, and so we're kind of winging it just a little bit, but Cliff is so good to remind us of how we got started. And if you're new here, uh, this will help you kind of know our roots, Um, and this is Cliff Marshall, and wow, I sat on my mic, it wasn't good, no, Uh, choke yourself, (laughs) yes. Yeah, um, so how much toilet paper do you have at your house? Uh, just wondering, have you hoarded any? All right, real quick.
1: So we've been picking on my wife for years because for this has been standard procedure at the Marshall household. Every time she goes to the grocery store, she buys a four-pack of toilet paper. And I've said to her, what, what are you expecting to happen here? Well, now we've got so much that she actually took some to family members yesterday uh-huh. who were, had run out. So she's been preparing for this for a long time.
0: She may have gotten a word from the Lord that we didn't go, know about. Exactly right. All right, Cliff Marshall uh, founded the church in uh, around 2005. You, you started thinking about it before that, and so I kind of want to maybe walk through with us just a little bit. You were a youth pastor. You got the notion around this. Tell, tell us about what happened with sure. All that. Yeah, sure. So and you I, lived here in this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah.
1: We lived here. So, um, so I'd been doing student ministry uh, for a long time and, and had planned to do that my whole life and would pick on guys who had been youth pastors that became pastors. I would say, oh, you got a demotion, became the pastor, you know, and stuff like that, messing around with them. But uh, after I'd been doing um, student ministry for about eight years at the church that we were at before, and God started to just stir up something different in my heart about maybe maybe one day I should pastor, and so... I, this was just a private thing that Sherry and I would talk about, and I was wrestling with that, and, uh, and I had a great, I mean, it was, where we were was great, fantastic, they, you know, it was a, it was a, a lot of folks would look at it to be a dumb thing to leave that, yeah. uh, what we had going there, but just kept wrestling with that and, and um, trying to figure out what, what God wanted us to do, and so the first thing I had to agree to with the Lord was that He did want me to pastor a church, and then it became, okay, well, what would that look like? And I knew that if I went to a traditional Baptist church, they'd probably ask me to leave within six to eight weeks um, just because of the way I would want to do things. And, and I was pretty hard-headed at that time. And so, uh, so, I re- so I started to pray through planting a church, and that was all happening in, you know, for a couple of years. And then in, in September of 2004, we left where I was to begin work on, on planting this church.
0: So you, didn't, you launched big, but then how many people were kind of involved in the original yeah. pl- plant?
1: So originally there were three other families that agreed to do this with us, and then, and then other families started to, to join in shortly thereafter. And, and when we, we had our official launch Sunday, which was in March of 2005 at Greer High School, there were 237 people there. And um, the reason I know that number is because um, we, ca- we counted everybody. Yeah, yes. We might have counted some people <laughs> twice. And and, the, uh, and and now that 237 included, like, my parents, my sister and brother-in-law came up. Everybody that Sherry had ever been related to in Traveler's Rest, which is a lot of them, they came. Um, we, I mean, everybody's friends. You know, we had aunts and uncles of, of core team members coming in. Just a ton of folks there that we knew would not be there the second week. And, and of course, they weren't uh, the second week. But then we ended up settling out um, after a first few weeks. We settled out around between 100 and 125 that, that really kind of stayed with us in those early days.
0: And so where did you all meet? Because you didn't meet here. This building's relatively new. So yeah. tell us about that.
1: So the very first place we met uh, before we had our public launch was at the Greer Christian Learning Center, which is across the street from Greer Middle School and that was I said this in the first service I'll say it again now confessionally for those of you that were here back then you may have never heard me say this but confessionally if if i had probably done what we should have done we would have delayed our launch we we would be up here having this conversation this in the coming fall, fall. Yeah, it would have been when better. there's no coronavirus or <laughs> yeah, be be something yes. and um, but but i and the reason i say that is it just it would have given us a little more time to really solidify the dna of the church and you know better than anybody else that Sunday comes around every seven days. And so once you launch, every week you've got to have something ready. I yeah. saw a
0: pastor's calendar in a cartoon one time. It said Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday. It's kind of how it feels. <laughs> now, it's like it's right exactly here. Exactly
1: right? Right? right. And every week they want you to say something different, You're even though they don't really remember what you said that way. the yeah, week before. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so, that, so when we, when we started, um, we actually got started a little early because I was at a football game one night and Joe Price who was at that time, and I'm not sure if he still is, he was the head of the Greer Christian Learning Center. He said, hey, I hear y'all are starting a church. I was like, yeah. He said, well, you know you can meet at the Learning Center whenever you want to for free. And I was like, okay, well, that must be the Lord telling us to do that. So, so we started in December of 2004 doing what we called practice worship service. We were really worshiping, but we were practicing what it would be like to welcome guests and have kids come. And then in March of
0: 2005, we launched it at Greer High School. So... At Greer High, it was portable. Obviously, you didn't—they didn't give you a room and let you set up and leave it there. Tell us about being portable, because ten years of portable is a long time. Yes, it's not
1: a—it's not a—a a model I recommend for guys that I talk to now. I don't say to them, "Hey, don't plan to be portable for ten years." But that was the way it worked out. We, so yeah, every single week, uh, every everything that it takes to do church had to be brought in, set up. And then torn down and taken back so out. So every
0: screen, every projector, everything, the soundboard, yeah. and it seemed like a trailer or something. Yeah,
1: we had two trailers uh, one that had all of this kind of stuff in it, and then drums one for too? Like yeah, the drums, drums, yeah, drums, drums okay. keyboard, the whole whole thing. And then uh, we had to have uh, everything brought in for the children's and ministry. So <laughs> yeah. cribs and rocking chairs and toys and you know, all that kind of stuff that had to be brought in and out every week. So we had amazing folks that volunteered. Uh, we never paid anybody a dime for over 10 years to bring that stuff in and out. Men, you know, use their own trucks to pull the trailers and, uh, and would get up early in the morning and do that and make sure that they got where they were supposed to go. And so we had great volunteers and nobody ever complained about, well, maybe one or two did. And then we would just say, well, hey, you don't have to do this anymore. But that, that was very, very rare. Most people love to do it. And in fact, we would have folks volunteer and, hey, how can I get involved in that? So it
0: was really, it was really a good thing. Um, you, you told us last, in last service that the contract that you signed with uh, the high school wasn't like you signed it for a 10-year contract it, to, to meet there. Yeah. Tell, tell us about the little bit of stress that you get because it was sure. not that. Yeah,
1: meeting at a school, there's a lot of benefits to it, but there's a, one of the huge drawbacks to it is the, they can ask you to leave whenever they want to because the, the county, um, every year, the only time I would look at our contract with Greenville County School District would be when I had to renew it every year, and then I put it away, and I tried to forget about it, because if I looked at it, it would scare me too bad, because the way it was written, there was a lot of legal ease in there, but the, the basic idea was they could tell, uh, they could have called me any day and said, hey, last Sunday, when y'all met there, that was the last Sunday you'll ever meet It could there. have been a Friday the or con- a Saturday or con- Sunday before. We've we revoked the contract. They had every right to do wow. that. So that was, that was difficult. But one of the neat things uh, for us was uh, Mr. Um, Marion Waters, who was the principal at Greer High for years. Some of y'all, um, some of y'all might have gotten suspended by him at some point <laughs> in time. <coughs> one guy in particular, I know, right there. But uh, they, uh, he, he really was a champion for us. And um, – because the way it works at a school, when you're meeting at a school, the principal is the gatekeeper. And if he or she is for what you're doing, you can probably meet there as long as you want. But if they decide not to, the district's not going to say, you got to have a school, a church meet in your school. If he says he doesn't want it, they'll say no. And Mr. Waters was really our champion for over 10 years. And that's one of the reasons why we were able to stay there as long as we did.
0: Now, obviously, you're not the pastor now, so at some right, point you absolutely. decided to do something else. Tell sure. us what you're doing now and how you made that decision, because I think that's a big that's a big sure.
1: decision. Uh, so now I'm the um, church planting team leader at the South Carolina Baptist Convention, so I work with guys like us all over the state trying to help new churches like Freedom Fellowship get started in every corner of South Carolina, and there's a, a huge need for that, because of the growth coming in, because of the, the number of lost people already in our state, and then the growth coming in, uh, we just need to be planting churches by the hundreds here in South Carolina. So I get to do that now. And, and the way that came about, I, I wasn't looking to leave. I wasn't, you know, praying every day, God, please rescue me from this church that I started or anything like that.
0: Because that but, happens sometimes. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I was, I was trying to, I always want to try to be open to whatever God has next for us, and, and, it, and it, we had gotten to a place where there was that rumbling again in my heart, kind of like it happened before, where I thought, okay, if there's going to be something else, it might need to happen now if it's going to happen. And one of the reasons why was we were, we were talking about possibly getting this building or possibly building on the land that we had. And, and I knew, and Sherry and I had talked about it, and I told her, I said, if we make a deal on a building or, or building a building, then that's then I'm staying. You lock in cause because I'm not right. abandon them on exactly. it. Exactly. We're, we're not going to make a deal on that and then me leave uh, after the church has gone into debt. And so, but again, I wasn't desperately looking to leave or even wanting to leave. I just was praying through what that might look like. And over the years, I had done some work with the convention church planting team doing some assessments and and training and stuff for them, and, and several years before, Daryl, who's the guy that was in my position uh, back then, he asked me about leaving and becoming a strategist. And I said, "No, man, I'm I'm the pastor of this church. We we started, and I really thought I would die here, um, not in this exact spot. Hopefully, but that would be devastating for the people. that <laughs> Yeah, were like there when that you're day. preaching, yeah, be right. horrible. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so that was that was my my long term plan, and then. And then an interesting thing happened. Um, we, were, we were in conversations with another local church here about them possibly uh, shutting down what they were doing and, and us, them coming, uh, becoming a part gotten, of our church. they kind of gotten weak. Yeah, and, and then us having that building. And we were in pretty serious discussions about that. And then for reasons that I won't go into, that didn't happen on their end. And it was, that was a Wednesday night, one of those infamous Wednesday night meetings at a church where they decided that wasn't going to happen. And I got the call— um, I was actually at Lane Stovall's house. We were at Life Group, and I remember stepping outside and getting the call and coming back in and saying, well, y'all, this thing's not happening. And uh, the next morning, I'm sitting in my office at our old, uh, old office over there and just praying about, well, what does this mean? What's next? And it was Daryl, who was the guy in, at, at the uh, convention who's in the, who was at that time in the job I'm doing. He called and said, hey, remember we talked a while back about you coming on our team and you weren't interested in that? Well, there's a new opportunity I would like to this talk to you about. This happens the
0: next day. The next morning.
1: Yep. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about that opportunity. And then that kind of opened a door that we ended
0: up walking through it's later that year. It's interesting how God yeah. times things. His timing's pretty good. Yes, always good, isn't it? <laughs> Yep. Um, so today's a good day to talk about faith over fear. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that when you decided to launch a church that, you had some reservations or some cautions or maybe fear. I don't know if that's the right word. And then when you went to another position, that's an unknown. I don't think we're afraid of unknown things. How, do you, how did you work through, I know this is what God wants me to do. Yeah. Well,
1: it's funny when I think back to the days where we started the church, um, when I think back at my to what my 35-year-old self was like, there was a lot of ignorance there. It's bliss. Yeah. Yes, and so in some ways, I probably wasn't as afraid as I should have been. There was, you know, there was a whole lot of, man, we're gonna do this thing, and God's called us to it. And we, we were running on passion and calling and adrenaline and excitement, but it wasn't too long into doing it and get, and getting things going, and now Sunday comes every seven days. And all these people are showing up, and what do we do? Pack stuff out. Yeah, we're we're doing this every week. It wasn't too long into that that then kind of the fear settles in of how do how does this work and how can we keep this thing going?
0: And and church plants don't they don't you don't just plant they just every one of them survives. Yeah,
1: church plants are you know kind of like business starts. uh, You know, not all of those. In fact, a lot of them don't survive and uh, don't make it to year five. And so, so I'm thinking, you know, praying through all that and thinking, and sometimes the fear of that wakes you up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, but I was, really what, what happened is I would just remember and go back and say, okay, God, you've called us to this. And, and I, know, I knew I was certain of that. There was a lot of things I wasn't certain of, but I was certain that we didn't do this thing just because we wanted to, that, that Sherry and I knew that God had called us to it. So I would have to remember and say, okay, God, if you've called us to it, then then you're going to provide for it. You're going to take care of us. And thinking, I was in a meeting this week with, um, and the guy that was leading the meeting opened up with a devotion from the book of Deuteronomy. And, you know, in that book, there's Moses is telling the, the people of Israel, hey, remember where you came from. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. Remember that God rescued you from Egypt. Remember how you crossed the Dead Sea. Remember how God fed you in the desert. Remember all this stuff. And then he says, teach these things to your children and write them on the doorposts of your house and, and remember God's faithfulness. So for me, during that time and, and during the time when we decided to, to leave freedom and, and do what I'm doing now, there, there just had to be that, okay, this is fearful because it's unknown. But I know God's been faithful in the past, so I trust that He'll be faithful in the future. If I know He's called us to plant this church, I know He loves this church more than I do, so He'll He'll take care of it.
0: The name Freedom Fellowship—that's a little uncommon. Tell Tell mm-hmm. us how you got there.
1: Yeah. So when we were we were getting ready to to start the church, we really wanted to think about what is a church here for? What is a, What is a church supposed to do? And I, we I kept thinking about all the times in Scripture where where it talks about where, where Jesus and, and the Apostle Paul both talk about the fact that we're slaves to our sin, and and we have to be set free from sin. And there's only one way anybody can be set free from sin, and that's through the work of Jesus on the cross and through the resurrection. And so when we would think about what do we want the message of this church to be, it kept coming back to freedom from sin. And, and I really believe, we believe then, I still believe that that folks are looking for freedom, but they're, they're trying to find it in all these wrong ways. And so they, they That's think... That's
0: why everybody's so scared today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fear comes from, I've, I'm depending on, yes. I'm looking to something right. like my body or like... Yeah, I mean, even, um, I mean, even
1: something as silly as we're joking about stockpiling toilet paper. But the idea is, if I can control this, that we don't know what's going to happen. Yep. So if I can control this and I make sure I got all the toilet paper and all the water... And and all the Netflix, then I'm good to go for a few months, and and we think we can control things, um, but w- the reality is is that all of that is out of our control, and, and the only person that's in control of that is our Savior. And so so I w- we would think about you know folks will try to find freedom in whether it's money or or, uh, or relationships or substances or whatever it might be, and we wanted the message of the church to be. There's only one way you can be set free from sin. That comes through Jesus Christ. That's what you really are looking for is freedom. And so we came up with the name Freedom. And then we, we called it Freedom Fellowship. We thought it sounded good, you know, together, two Fs next yeah. to each other. Yeah. Also, Lord of the Rings had just come out not too long, <laughs> and, and I like that. So maybe Fellowship of the Ring was kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, but it was funny, you know, then everybody that was outside of our church would always add church on the end. Oh, you're a part of Freedom Fellowship Church. And I'd be like, yes, we are a church. And the name is Freedom Fellowship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that was cool.
0: Yep. M- music here is great. Yes, yes. Um, it, it is amazing. Uh, you you go places. You hear mm-hmm. <laughs> other places. I hear a lot of bad music. Yes. Ever. Not here, though. Not no, ever here. Not here. here. Not here. here. Yeah, yeah, qualify uh, yeah. that.
1: So part of what I, ha- I do, what I get to do is I get to go to all these new churches that are starting. Oh, you get to be at the launches. Yeah, I try to. Those, I yeah. try to be at as many of the launches as I can. And, or when there's, like, we're going to celebrate baptism a little while. When our churches celebrate baptism, I want to be there, that kind of thing. But I do, I hear a lot of, a lot of bad music. And, uh, and, and one of the things we've been blessed with uh, from day one, yep. yeah, yeah, okay. we've been blessed since day one with great musicians in the early days, Sherry ended up organizing a lot of that, kind of by default, we didn't set out for her to do that, but She's super good at orga- organizing and an amazing musician. So she she took that up. But we've always had great musicians. And then when we were able to hire Chris, um, and that was great for us personally because then I was just sleeping with the pastor's wife instead of sleeping with the music, yeah, yeah. you know, minister yeah. at the same time. And, uh, and and Chris Chris elevated what we were doing even even higher. And we do we have we have we've always had been blessed with amazing musicians. I mean, every week it's. Yeah.
0: I like it because it's different voices, yeah. so it's a different kind of sound, but it's always super quality.
1: I'll tell you this. I didn't tell this in the first service, but this is years ago. We had, we had been up and running for about a year, and my brother and sister-in-law, uh, my, no, my sister and brother-in-law, I am related to Robin by uh, by blood, um, they came to visit, and my brother-in-law at the end of the service, he said, how much do y'all pay your band? I said, not a, not a dime, and he said, man, we pay a lot of money. He was a deacon in his church. Yep. He said, we pay a lot of money to our band, and they're not near as good as yours. I yep. said, well, y'all getting ripped off. I That's think. right.
0: That's right. It really is amazing. I, yeah. I, I have been in bigger churches. Than, I mean, our our music program is incredible. Yes, it, really it is. is um, were you ever discouraged? I mean, was there It's 10 years? That's 10 years. I mean, I, I know every pastor has these seasons of discouragement. Oh, yeah. As a church plant, I, I don't know if you ever really get close to... Or if you all ever got really got close to maybe not surviving, um, tell us about maybe a season where it just felt like, wow, well, I don't know, I don't, yeah. and what kind of what got you through that?
1: Sure, yeah, there were those times. I we, I don't think we ever got we never got to a point where we might have to to shut down. We've always we've always been blessed with folks that that like to give, and uh, and, and or uh, let me say this that they. That they, I'll just say this so you don't have to because yeah. I'm not the pastor. And if I make these people mad, they don't have to. And we'll but never have you y'all back. Y'all come so, back uh, next yeah, week. Be great. I'm not doing this again. So, But uh, we've always been blessed with people that obeyed God and gave what you know what God says to give. And so, so we, we, I mean, there were times when it was tight, but we were never looking at it like, what are we going to do? You know, we, we've got dollars left in the checking account yeah. so we never got to a point where we thought we might have to shut down and we never dwindled in attendance where we thought we'd have to shut down but there were definitely some very discouraging times because you know there are just times when folks come and then don't understand the the vision the mission and then they leave and and then there's other times when folks don't understand why don't you have a building yet and and then they leave and, and so there's all those different kinds and, and more of that really I guess would fall on me I didn't I, I hope that our regular folks in the, in the congregation didn't carry that with them as much as I did. But during those times, again, it was a lot of that remembering, okay? Remembering as God is good. But then it's amazing God's timing. It always seems like that during those times of fear, and again, those fears were unfounded. I, I shouldn't have been afraid of those things, but I was from time to time. But during those times of fear that it seems like there would be some encouragement from somewhere unexpected, whether it was someone would send an email or a phone call or a text, or you just run into someone. And sometimes it wasn't even anything personally I was doing that would say, hey, I want you to know this person that is a part of your church is serving at our school, and this is the difference it's making, or this person is doing this, or I came to your church six months ago, and you haven't met me yet, but here's what God's doing in my life. There was always, it seemed like the timing of that was always just perfect, you know, to, to give encouragement when I was down on that and, kind And of a thing.
0: word that says, hey, that message meant something to me, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that always is encouraging. And like today, we're going to baptize some folks that attended church when it was at the school, yeah. and then haven't really been here for a while, but now are back, and yeah. and that's encouraging, and, and Jimmy White is here, and he was one of your first baptizers, Baptized The, the East, first, the, the first. first, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, those are encouraged. Yeah, Jimmy, we're glad to have you. Um, God just has a way of, of giving us encouragement. So in a, in, we're kind of in a dark, maybe dark season, down season as a country. There will be opportunities for light, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah There's. I mean, and, and I love what you said. It was interesting that you brought up the, the plague, uh, the black death. I was thinking about that this week because someone sent me a text mentioning that, there was, and he sent this long text, and I can't remember the historian, but this yeah. historian had written talking about how everyone else was leaving and the Christians were actually running into the streets yeah. to help, help the folks. It's kind of and, a Mother Teresa yes, sort of feel, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not telling all of you to go out today to the mall or, or to go to yeah, the, we're the we're movie not, theater. We're not, we're not promoting right. carelessness. But, but, what I, but I really believe that, that what we should do and what I would love to see the folks of this church lead the way in is us be a voice that says, hey, all is not lost, and, and there is good stuff to, to think about because, because we have a hope, that and that hope comes in Jesus, not in hand sanitizer, and, uh, and, and, that, and we need to be the ones, you know, communicating that message.
0: So when you all were establishing the church, you decided not to have membership, but partnership, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for that, and so uh, tell us the, the thought process behind yeah. that and why, why you did that.
1: Yeah, we were well. One funny, one funny thing about that is, in the early days, we didn't we didn't let anybody join at all for like three years. Now you you could be a part, and we would definitely take your money. But uh, but but you, there was no. And uh, and the funny thing was, is from time to time, this would come from our folks who had been a part of a church. They're like, when can I join? What's going to happen if I die? It's gonna. It's not gonna be able to say that I'm a member of Freedom Fellowship. I'm like in the obituary. Your family writes the obituary. You can (laughs) say whatever you want. You know, you could say you are King of England. Say you are part of the Galactic Federation, (laughs) and they gotta put it in there. Um, So that was funny. But when we when we got to the point where we said, okay, we we feel like we're mature enough as a church now to actually accept folks and and, and do this thing. um, We membership. The reason we chose partnership over membership really comes down to what those two words kind of the, the message they send. Membership, there's a, in fact, there's a credit card company, I don't know which one, that says membership has privileges. That's not the message we wanted to send. So we didn't, you know, as a member, you think, okay, I joined this and now you do stuff for me because I'm a member now. So that means I get these things that the other people don't get and, and you, you, you do these things for me. Partnership, instead, we wanted folks to say, I believe in what this church is all about. I've been watching what's going on. You've informed me of what it is, and I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with you. I want to lock arms. I want us to to go together. So the real difference is membership says I come to be served, and partnership says I'm coming to serve
0: with you. And it doesn't just have to be in the church. I mean, our serving, uh, I was just elected the HOA president, and I would like to be referred to (laughs) as El Presidente from now on, (laughs) if you don't mind. Pastor was okay until now, but really I've I've, I've elevated myself. Um, but I was already thinking through, okay, I've got elderly neighbors, mm-hmm. so as El Presidente, I probably ought to go around and make sure yeah. they're, we can serve anywhere we are.
1: Sure. Yeah, and that was one of the, that was really one of the things we tried to communicate from the beginning is we wanted our folks to be, I mean, this is probably the smallest percentage of your week that you spend in one place is here. The large percentage of your time you're spending in your neighborhood or where you work and for some of you, where you work is all over this county or all over this state. You're, you're moving around. You're doing stuff, and so you need to think about serving, not just what you do here. You need to keep serving here. You need to, you need to serve uh, back here with the kids and the, and the babies. You need to serve out front, greeting. You need to serve on this stage, if you've, only if you've got those uh, gifts and abilities. Um, student ministry. That's right. Serving student ministry, um, but the larger percentage of your life, you're, you're somewhere else, and, and you need to be serving there as well. And, and we've, we've really tried to emphasize that since the beginning.
0: Today we had a lady who was serving by wiping everything down yes. with Clorox, you know, yep. just, to it, just to keep it clean. And I those mean, are those kind you know,
1: the, the, I think about when we met portably for over 10 years, the guys who pulled those trailers and, and unloaded those trailers and loaded them back up, they were never on the stage for people to see But it's those kind of things that that make this place still happen.
0: You were talking Um, about the guy that unlocked and locked, didn't even belong to our church. Yeah,
1: yeah, Jeff Neely, uh, who was the basketball coach at Greer High for years, he unlocked and and locked up for us forever. And I used to joke with him. I said, hey, you're the most important part of our church, even though you're not a part of our church. He's a deacon at at Greer First Baptist, but uh, he did that for years uh, for us because he believed in what we were doing.
0: Yep. Um. We're about out of time, and you have notes on the back of your uh, uh, program today. We are not going to get to those. So uh, good luck, and I'll, maybe I'll post it online, but I'm not going to talk about it. Um, because we had a chance to chat, and um, hopefully that gives you a kind of a feel for who we are as a church. Uh, we have been called to pray. Um, our president asked us as faith communities and people of faith to, to pray, and so we're going to do that. Uh, this is how we're going to take up our offering today, um, instead of passing it, and you know, we're kind of trying to be as, as uh, minimally germy as possible, but we're going to have some folks standing here and here and toward the back with baskets, and so if you have an offering, you have time now to get that ready, and then we'll, we'll take it up. If you're a guest, please don't feel like the offering is for you, you, don't, you we, don't, we don't expect you to give, but if you want to, you're welcome to. But I thought we would end today with a word of prayer. And then the really cool news is we have some folks who are going to be baptized, a family four folks, I think, are getting baptized today, and we're going to do it right over there. And so, as soon as the service is over with, uh, we'll play some music, and you can mingle and that kind of thing. Just don't touch. Uh, What's it called? Social distancing. As an introvert, that is like paradise. Uh, So... uh, Practice social dis- uh, distancing uh, in here, oh, or you can go out. I don't care what you do. But we'll be back in probably 10 or 15 minutes, and we'll do the baptism right right over there. And uh, for the ones who are being baptized, I'll kind of tell you where to go, and, and you can meet me up here, and we'll s- sort of give you some instruction. But uh, thank you for being here today. But let's, let's close in prayer. If you do, don't mind, let's stand. Old school, we'd join hands, but don't do that. Uh, don't, don't join hands. Uh, you could air handhold, I guess, if you wanted to. But let's pray for our nation for our leaders, just for everything that's going on. Lord, we we come to you humbly and know that you are in control. We confess it. We believe it. We trust that you know what you're doing. You have promised us that every day of our life has been scripted, and you know what's going to happen. And we are thankful that none of this surprises you. Father, we pray especially for our leaders, those who are making decisions. I ask that you would give them wisdom. Help them to know what to say and what not to say and how to say it. And Lord, for uh, all of the voices uh, in our country, I ask God that you would give us clarity and peace, that you would provide calm, that you would help us not to panic. Fear isn't from you. Panic isn't from you. So I ask that you would calm our hearts. Help those of us who follow you to be people who are an example to others. We have no doubt that someday we get to be with you in eternity. And so, Lord, we we just offer ourselves to you today. Let us know how best to serve. Help us to be great citizens. And, Lord, in the news we see numbers. Uh, this many people died in China and this many people died in Italy and this many people died in America and we Sometimes we just forget that each one of those numbers represents a precious soul. And every person that's passed away is precious to you. And every person that has passed away because of this virus has a family. And they were precious to someone else. And so this is impacting people's lives. It's not just a number. And so we ask God that you would. um, That you would heal our hearts of hardness. Uh, help us to love people the way we need to. Uh, we ask god that you would protect our uh, our planet and our country and help us to um, to be disciplined and diligent. help us to make good decisions. and lord we we humbly ask it if it be your will that you would let this pass from us. But if not, then teach us in the darkness. Because Lord, sometimes we have to go through difficult times to learn. So if it's time to learn, let us learn. But Father, I know me personally, I, I trust you. I think we trust you. And so we just lay this situation at your feet. Help us to be calm and trusting. And we pray it. Humbly in Jesus' name, amen, amen.